morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 8716, 8718 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network. This is The Breakfast Show, positively different radio in the morning and you are with Lyle and... Morning, good morning, Lyle. Morning, morning, how are you? Yeah, good as God, how are you? I'm great. Yeah, what are you grateful for? Pumpkins. Pumpkin soup in particular. Oh, okay, okay. To be specific because I might be... I might need to have pumpkins up my sleeve to be thankful for them <laughs> uh-huh, again tomorrow uh-huh. because I've still got no, 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 two and a half no, left over. No, I'm just I'm no. thankful for pumpkin soup this morning. Uh-uh. Too late. <clears throat> you already said pumpkins. Nah, nah. Yeah, I was just yeah, specifying. No. specifying. Yeah, no. What are you thankful for? I am, do you know do you know what, Lyle, actually? <laughs> so I'm like this whole searching for things in my life that I'm grateful for has so permeated my being that I am now doing it in my dreams. <laughs> like quite literally last night I had this crazy dream where I escaped from a burning building as, as and as I was walking out the front door of the inferno I was like ooh I better remember to tell our listeners on faith of him that I'm grateful that God saved me from this burning building <laughs> <laughs> so for somebody who's tuning in just now and missed the preamble to that, it's like, wow, there's a real rumor starting yeah. around, flying around Australia that <laughs> Mon escaped from a burning building in the middle of the night. It was a dream. It was a dream. And, but and you were thankful for it. Yeah, I was thankful for it. That's how, that's how, that's how much this being thankful stuff. So is, now you can be thankful yeah. for being thankful in dreams. Yeah. That th- <laughs> Are you thankful for escaping from the burning building or being thankful for, thank- for thankful dreams? I'm, I'm happy that God has, um, yeah, that God has... Made me a more grateful person, I suppose. How oh, good. Praise yeah, God. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's one of the I most positive things that anybody can do is to rewire their brain to be thankful for all kinds of things. Yeah, amen, amen, amen indeed. Uh, we have a great show coming up for you today. I teach our listeners how to get high. Okay. Yeah, in a Faith FM first. <laughs> I'm going to talk about a great flood yeah. um, and somebody who built an enormous Ship out of wood, five stories well, an arc, high. Really. An yeah. arc, yes. Yeah, yeah. And how that uh, they are right now um, suing the people who built the road to their great ship. Yeah, yeah. Because the interesting flood. thing about that is what year it happened in. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yes. there's a bunch of animals on board that ark. Is it right? There's yeah. a bunch of animals on the ark. There's all that kind of thing. And, uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> yep. And there was a big flood. And uh, yep. We we know all this. And the flood caused a greater deal of damage to the surface of the earth. Yeah. Uh-huh. Lots of erosion and sedimentation. Yep. And uh, the insurance company is refusing to pay up for all of the damage that was done as a result of the flood. Naughty, naughty, naughty. I wonder who he. I wonder who he could sue for Noah's flood. <laughs> anyway, ah, jump across the live up. show yes. by the way, because this is a delayed broadcast. So go to faithfm.com.au or download the TuneIn app. But either way, stay tuned. A great show coming up for you now.
Faith FM, Mon, let's start our quiz. Yoo-hoo! I have already put pictures of our prize up on Instagram this morning. So if you want to see what the prize is, go check out our Insta story. Our handle is Faith FM Live, lowercase one word. The prize this morning is Sue Rad's The Breakfast Book. Delicious breakfast recipes and all the reasons why you should eat breakfast. Breakfast book on the breakfast show. Yeah, it's a really great nutrition information book as well as being a really great uh, recipe book too. So there's all kinds of stuff woven into this. It's a nice big chunky book too, uh, which is what your breakfast should be, big and chunky breakfast. Anyway, this morning is a what book am I quiz, incidentally. Uh, The first clue is this. My last verse says... And on that day, there will no longer be a Canaanite in the house of the Lord Almighty. 
And on that day, there will no longer be a Canaanite in the house of the Lord Almighty. You look mm. pretty confused. Yeah, I have got zero idea on that it's one. Pretty cryptic clue. That's a very cryptic clue. Yeah, yeah. You can tell me what book that is. Yeah, absolutely. There's only 66 books in the Bible. So if you flick through to the final verse of all 66 now, you could probably find out before we get to the next segment. <laughs> Give us a call. 1 800 324 is the number to call, and yes. you might be able to win yourself a prize. Might be able two, to win prizes. two prizes. Yeah, you absolutely. Get it before Lyle hey, on a CD. Yeah. Why do you have glue sticky taped to the outside of your water bottle? Look, I totally MacGyvered this, so I'm sick of like not being able to get my my lip balm out of my handbag. Um, so what I what I've done is I've sticky taped my lip balms to the side of my water bottle. So anywhere the water bottle goes, the, the lipstick, the lip balm comes to. And it's really cool because I've only I've only sticky de- sticky taped down the lid, so I can actually just like pop it out and then uh, and then put it back in when I'm done with. See how good that? Like you have to admit that's like genius, right? I'm very, very proud of it. Everyone comments on it. And some, some person listening right now is probably like, oh, that's a good idea. I will There's lots go. of things in your handbag. Why didn't you, po- why didn't you stick all of them on the outside of your water bottle? That's an excellent idea. No, it's not, Lyle. Um, <laughs> no, because sometimes like when I'm working and my handbag has to stay out the back, um, but we're allowed to have like water bottles out and about. So, yeah. So your lip balm goes with you everywhere. You know it, Chachi. My lips get dry, and I have two on there. One's like um, just plain strawberry, and one's tinted strawberry. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Bit so you can vary it through the day. Yeah, that's it. Just when you get mix bored. It up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which happens uh, a lot at work. No, I'm kidding. Well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, no. I have so much good news to tell you. I need to jump into it. All right, all right get into it. I'm going to teach us all how to get high. You ready? Um, you ready? There's some of us that probably know how to do that. And I'm not talking physically, like not just getting a plane. Okay. Okay. Right. I'm not show. sure whether this should be going to air on Faith <laughs> FM radio. Get this right. So they've done some study on the benefits of doing volunteer work. And um, and they said that people who do volunteer work, they actually experience uh, what they described as being a lightness of being, a sense of satisfaction and a reconnection to purpose. And it just feels good, they said. And they actually coined a phrase for this feeling as the helper's high. There you go. I yeah. actually like that one. Yeah. The helper's high. Yeah. It's a sense of euphoria, um, you know, which can be experienced soon after helping someone else. And uh, it's, it's, it's got like two different phases, they said. The first is character characterized by that uplifted euphoric mood and the second by a longer lasting sense of calm but the greatest effect um the high that is was observed in those who were helping strangers how Mm. great is that how great is that so did this research um doing this research in in europe about how you know kindness um can affect your health and they actually discovered something remarkable that um, volunteerism is actually associated with a like markedly lower risk of dying, like the decrease in death rates range between twenty to sixty percent, which is huge. Like for perspective, um, I looked this up. Um, so when we introduced uh, early in the twentieth century water filtration and chlorination uh, as a like a means of providing clean water to the masses, clean drinking water, like death rates then from contaminated water dropped only fifteen to twenty percent. So we're talking here like 20 to 60%. Like it's huge. Like just being kind, volunteering is a, such a huge effect on your, on, your, on your entire human system. And um, there's actually multiple ways that this actually works. Um, so 
this is this is incredible how they've had to they've actually studied this out so finely. Um, so first of all, because of this helper's high, uh, there's decreased symptoms of stress and uplifted mood, and we now know that stress is such a huge factor in so many lifestyle diseases. Like a lot of things hinge on, on stress levels in your life. Um, so it's actually good for depression, for well-being, uh, for social networking, among other things. And um, apparently people who volunteer uh, regularly make more effort to take care of themselves. So like they're more likely to go to the doctor for preventative health care because they know that if they're helping other people and people are relying on them, they need to be like in a fit form so they can actually help other people. So they're more likely to take care of themselves. And uh, they also discovered that people who help more, and this is particularly true in, in women apparently and in older adults, um, they're more prone to being physically active, which makes sense if you think about like, you know, like let's say you go to a soup kitchen. So you're on your feet all day and you're running around, you know, serving people like you're on your feet. You're not just sitting around watching Wheel of Fortune and playing bingo. Um, so you're more physically active as well, um, which is wonderful. And then, the, and then the, the last aspect that they said that they, they studied was just the human connection. Just constantly chatting to people, finding out about their lives, you know, how they're going, how you're going. And, uh, and you end up, you know, making friends and having this, this, uh, this sense of community. So, yeah, volunteering, apparently, is just a wonderful thing you can do for your health. There you go. You want to live a long and healthy and happy life? To start with some volunteering somewhere, best thing you can do. Yeah, I mean, the Bible says this as well. I looked this up, Proverbs 11.25. It says, uh, the generous will prosper and those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. So the Bible knew this a long time ago. Um, and uh, actually, this this is really cool. There's a website called Envision Kindness. And uh, apparently, if you can't volunteer right now, because not everyone has the capacity to volunteer, but if you still want to get that good feeling, apparently even looking at pictures and images of kindness and compassion um, can help get that good feeling. So the Envision Kindness website is actually a website uh, where people can just look at simple images of kindness, which uh, can help those similar euphoric feelings of the helpers high. And this is the website that is actually hosting the annual kindness photography, uh, which is actually in progress right now. So you still have a month. Um, I think it finishes, like, they're still taking entries up until, yeah, the 30th of June, 2019. Um, so if you want to enter that, uh, it's the um, Our World is Kind Photography comp- Contest. Um, but if you go to the Envision website, you'll be able to see all the entrants from previous years. And I was looking at this morning and, like, I was feeling so good afterwards. Just these beautiful, beautiful images depicting kindness and compassion and humanity. Really, really nice. Envision. That's amazing. We yeah. need to have a whole lot more of that in our world. Envisionkindness.org. That's the website to go to. I want to tell you one second story. This is so cool, Lyle. This is so cool. Uh, get this. So in India, right? I love it when innovation comes out of unlikely places. So in rural um, poverty-stricken India, uh, there's a school, a new school, that have decided to make their pupils pay for their classes with plastic waste. Oh, nice. So every week students attending, it's, it's the Akshar School, it's called, are required to line up and pay for their classes using grocery bags filled with at least 25 pieces of plastic waste that they've collected from around their homes and communities. 
So there's a married couple. That's amazing. This that's is so, so good cool. because because so many of these countries, you have the impression when you go there that they don't even know that their country yeah, is dirty. Realize. They don't they have no no, yeah. reali- no no realization that there is junk and everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the, the and, Mar- and have no idea that if you actually go to a uh, a different country, it's clean. Yeah, that's right. Exactly, exactly. So it's a married couple, Parmita Sharma and Marza Mukta. <clears throat> They're responsible for this trailblazing little school. And they were actually inspired to launch this initiative um, after they saw that the students were being, um, you know, forced to endure the the really horrible smell and the pollute, the toxic um, pollutant of burning plastic wafting into their classrooms. Um, because you know, prior to the school being opened, uh, a lot of the people in that community, it's the state of Assam, would commonly actually burn plastic waste as a means of keeping warm and fueling fires. And uh, and so they were like, no, that's not great for the environment, and it's really toxic for your health and for your families and for the students. And so they said, this is how we want you to pay for your tuition now. And because like they're so poor, they're having a hard time paying anyway with real money. And so now they can pay with stuff they can find on the ground everywhere. And not only that, um, they're collecting the plastic, they're sorting it, and they're recycling it at the school's own recycling centre. So older students that uh, that go to this school can now get part-time jobs at the recycling centre after school as an additional source of income. That's amazing. They're recycling it. And so the, the school now, it's grown, of course, because, you know, who, who like they can all afford it. So it now has over 100 students uh, between the ages of 4 and 15, and they have um, plans to open another 100 schools over the next five years. If you think about that, 100 schools, 100 students, 25 pieces of plastic waste every week. That's a quarter of a million pieces of plastic coming out of the streets, out of the system. And being dealt with properly. And combine that with the positive effects that you get from volunteering and you have a recipe for success. This is Soul Stirrers. Oh, there was a woman in the Bible days. She had been sick, sick so very long. But she heard my Jesus was passing by. So she joined the gathering throng And while she was pushing her way through Someone asked her, what are you trying to do? She said, if I could just touch the hem of his garment I know I'll be made whole She cried, oh, and oh Till she had no, had no more to spare The doctors, they done all they could But their medicine would do no good When she touched him, the Savior didn't see But still he turned around and cried Somebody touch me She said it was I who just want to touch the hem of your garment I know I made whole right now. She stood there crying, oh,
Welcome back, guys. That was Solstirers with Touch the Hem of His Garment here on Faith FM. Let's have another clue for this quiz, Mon. Yes, indeed. If you can tell me the answer before Lyle figures this out, I'm going to chuck in an extra CD on top of the breakfast book. Really great book from Sue Rad. Clue number two, what book am I? This is another quote from this same book. If someone asks him, what are these wounds on your body? He will answer, the wounds I was given at the house of my friends. Lyle is furiously scribbling something down. And he is correct. Wow, he even gave me the chapter and the verse. How about that? Uh, if you can answer Book, it, chapter and verse. If you can give Piece me, of cake. If you can give me the correct answer, give me a call. One eight hundred Faith FM is our number. It's one eight hundred three two four eight four three. Or you can text zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Or just message us through social media. Okay, so talking, moving to more serious uh, news from around the world. Uh, let me think. Mon, have you ever heard this story before? A gigantic ark gets built. Uh, with the help of a higher power, symbolic refuge from the depravity of humankind. Um, it's a huge structure made out of wood, um, perhaps larger than anything comparable in the world, and then heavy rains begin to fall, inundating the earth around it. Have you heard this story before? That sounds really familiar. Yeah. Where have I heard that before? Where might you have heard that story before? <laughs> Is there a dude called Noah at the hell of this thing? No. No? No. No. Oh. No. Okay, that's weird. When do you think this might have happened? Uh, like at the antediluvian, the close of the antediluvian world. Uh, no, this would be 2019. Wait, what? <laughs> okay, so if you go to the United States, um, the uh, this happened in Genesis, dude. There's a fellow by the name of Ken Ham who's actually an Australian. Um, who created the Ark Encounter theme park, and they are currently suing their insurance carriers for $1.44 million because in 2017, um, heavy rains came and washed away part of the road leading into the Ark, the Ark theme park. So they could just sue someone because it rained? No, because the insurance company refused to pay up. Because Well, they were insured, obviously, against rain damage. Rain damage came, and so the insurance company said, no, 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 we're not paying up because um, that was actually the responsibility of the road builders and not us to, to build a proper road. And so everybody's pointing the finger at everybody else and everybody's blaming it. But I just find it interesting that, that when, you get, when you get rain, which creates massive amounts of erosion... Right? The Ark can't handle it. <laughs> <laughs> no, the Ark handles it fine. The Ark handles it fine. There's nothing wrong with the Ark. The road falls away, uh, but you've got all of this evidence being created around this Ark for how our world was created by erosion because, you know, basically all landforms that we have are created by uh, the movement of water. And, uh, um, and it's right there at the Ark, and the Ark is uh, right in the center of it. <laughs> But anyway, if you're just just in case you're wondering, the uh, the Ark theme park is a true to life um, wooden structure, a wooden boat structure, um, similar cons- similar size to what the Ark would have been. Where is this? Uh, it's in Kentucky, northern Kentucky. Oh, really? In the United States. Um, it has inside of it. There's a zoo. <gasps> there are zip lines. There's a restaurant. Inside the Ark. Yes, it's four five stories high. Uh, because it's actually true to uh, biblical size. It's got a museum in it, obviously a, a, a creation science museum. Um, it cost $120 million to build. And, of course, um, that whole process, you had uh, you know ACLU and other atheist organizations fighting everything they could to try and uh, close it and you know claiming that uh, 
um, you know, they shouldn't be getting local subs- subsidies for tourism, etc., because of its discriminatory hiring practices. You can't be a staff member there unless you believe in creation and go to church. Oh, they were definitely trying to find something there, weren't they? They were indeed. That's hilarious. Oh, my. Do you know, I'm planning to go to Kentucky at the end of this year. I might go see this. This is cool. If you're going to Kentucky, you definitely need to go and see this. You yeah. do not go anywhere. If you're traveling to the United States, just go and check this thing out. Yeah. I haven't been there yet um, because, uh, yeah, I haven't made it there yet. But I definitely plan to go there one day and, uh, and, and have a look. I do know people have gone there and been really, really impressed by what they've seen. I can't believe how big it sounds. I mean, I know the Ark's big, but still... That's really big. Anyway, another story, and this uh, involves a crisis in Syria. Let me ask you this question, Mon. Go on. The Australians who travelled to Syria to become terrorists, should we bring them home or not? No. no what about not. their wives? Are the wives involved? Well, this is a good question. I Look, I don't think that we should tar every person with the same brush as their spouse, especially because, you know, there's... I mean, if you say that, then you have to hand over the consequences of every husband's uh, criminal activity to the wife. So it's like you. Know, okay, but if you were married to somebody and they became a terrorist, would you choose to join them in that endeavour? No, absolutely not. And if you do choose to join them, does that make you complicit in what they are doing? Absolutely, it would. But you have to remember that often with these terrorist cultures, uh, women don't really have a lot of say. Okay, but some do. Some do. And, and if you get ha- quite a number of women who ha- have been suicide bombers. And those ones shouldn't be allowed back in. And how do you define which one is which? Well, they usually they usually know. Oh, yeah. They use that little mind reading device. No, no, no. There's there's often like you find evidence of the of the woman helping out. um, Okay, so there should be there should be a court case then. Yeah, absolutely. What about the children? No, they can't come. You're going to keep the kids out as well. Well, look, if the parents aren't coming, we're going to do with the kids just turn up with a bunch of orphans on your doorstep. Well, they could be repatriated to family members back here in Australia. Who says they have family members back here? These are immigrants. Their families probably back in the country they came. No, from. no, no. A lot of them are not immigrants. They're like third generation Australians. Well, well, I don't know. I think I think when it comes to the kids, I should look at it in in terms of um, you know, where their closest relatives live. But I definitely think. No, you can't come back in if you've started any situation. Interesting, hardline perspective there from uh, Monica this morning. Um, give us a call, 1-800-324-843 is the number. Let us know what your view of it is. There are currently in one um, IS concentration camp 11,000 foreigners. So these are not you know Syrians or you know people local to the Middle East. These are all foreigners. Um, and they are the survivors of you know the last battles with uh, Islamic State. 7,000 of them are children. Um, most of them are women and children, but 7,000 of them are children. Um, there's a very large refugee, refugee camp there that has 60,000 uh, members in it. But within this one section, which is incredibly heavily guarded because they can't afford to have these guys escape, uh, they believe that escapees from this particular camp were possibly responsible for what happened in Sri Lanka. Um, so heavily guarded area. And, um, and of course, there is very, very little that is being done within these camps to provide any kind of uh, medical services, sanitation, um, you know, all, all, of your, all of your basic stuff that, uh, you know, your, your average kind of person uh, needs, clean water, um, etc. And so far, 300 children have died already. Where are these camps? Uh, this is in uh, northeast Syria. 
And they're being held there because they've been found to be doing... Yeah, well, they were, uh, you know, they were in those last enclaves of, you know, Islamic State that were eventually captured. And when they were eventually captured, these are the, basically the survivors. That's why there's okay. mostly women and children. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because most of the men fought to the death. Okay. Uh, but there's the, the problem is that there's no aid groups or donors that are providing any kind of support to these, uh, to these kids because, I mean, if you're running an aid company... Um, and people are asking, well, where is your money going? You're saying, well, our money's going to uh, support uh, Islamic State. Doesn't sound real good, does it? No. And even if it's not going to support Islamic State, it wouldn't be hard for your competitor to spin it that way. Yeah, absolutely. If you are supporting these kids. But there is a... Um, there is a humanitarian crisis here, and I think that we do need to look incredibly closely. This is my opinion. We need to look incredibly closely at all of the um, all of the men because they're obviously fighters. We need to look just as closely at their wives because you know they were living here in Australia. They had the option not to go. In That's- Australia, you are not forced to do so. Culturally, I understand it. There would have been a lot of pressure, but we need to look very closely at them. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. The children, I think, are a different issue. I think that children are much easier to, um, to repatriate and also to rehabilitate. Okay. And even re-educate. And what you'll find with a lot of these radical terrorists is that the, is that the grandparents and extended family are horrified of what is going on, and if they were actually raising the children, they would raise the children to be horrified by terrorist states like Islamic State. Okay, okay. That's 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 my view on it anyway. Um, now you know we, we need to be we, we need to be careful about that. But so far, because there is that there is that knee jerk reaction where you just want to say no, none of you and none of all your family. That's the that's the penalty you get. You stay out, and your whole family goes with yeah, you. Yeah, you made that decision, and so uh, you see your kids suffering. That's part of the, uh, the the justice of what's going to come your way. Yeah, but you know the kids didn't really deserve. Yeah, you want to be sensitive about women and, and kids who are being you know brutalized into doing things they don't want to do. This is an issue that we are going to need to face very soon. Love you 
to shine your light on my mind. Then the path to walk I may find. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8, or 88. And I'm at Big Camp recording uh, this interview with Brenton and Floor Potts. Welcome to the show. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you. Now, um, Brenton, you just look pretty much like an Aussie, but your wife, not so much. <laughs> whereabouts, Floor, whereabouts are you from? Where's Where your family from? You're, yeah. I'm from Bolivia, South you're, America. Ah, so you're a Bolivian. Yeah. Okay, so um, that's kind of a long way away from Australia. It is. How did you guys meet? Well, uh, while I was at Avondale, I was... Uh, so Avondale is a, uh, just to, to, to fill everybody in, is a um, university in the Lake Macquarie area. Yep. yep. That's correct. Avondale one? Yes. Christian University? Yep. So while I was studying at Avondale, I took nine months off to do some volunteer work overseas uh-huh. at a television network. And her sister was doing cooking programs there. And so we kind of got mom. introduced. Her mum was there too, yeah. We got yes. introduced and we hit it off pretty well. Yes, straight away. <laughs> there you go. Fantastic. So was it was was this, was this love at first sight? Oh, uh, I like to think it was love at second sight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, definitely a connection from the first. Okay, so you've gone over there. You're doing your courses, haven't you? You've gone over there for nine months. Does that mean that you just sort of went to Bolivia and then never came home? No, so not really. I still had a year to finish my studies, so I came back. Uh, I kept studying. She still had some study to do over there as well. So we kept in contact for a year while we were both. Finishing. In two different con- continents. Yeah, two different finishing of both of us, our studies. Uh-huh. Yep. So they did the whole long distance thing. That's right, yeah, two different right. time zones, so that was very interesting. Yes, definitely. A lot of talks and pretty late. <laughs> Some late nights. Yes. Uh, uh, and then, yeah, when, when our time was up, uh, she came over to visit me in Australia because I'd been to Bolivia. But I haven't obviously been in Australia. And oh, I have to see true. him in his, you know, in yeah, his yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. See him in his natural environment. That's right. And, and Make sure that he was... Um, a crazy guy, who knows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's definitely, right. definitely. So, yeah, I came here to Australia. I fell in love with Australia. It's a beautiful country. And especially his family. That was perfect fitting from just from the beginning. And after that, well, we decided to go back to Bolivia. So did you... When did you get married? Um, uh, after that, too, after a few. Yep. So this like all a happened. Year. I was volunteering in 2007. Yep. Uh, I was studying again in 2008. She was visiting at the beginning of 2009. Yeah. And uh, we got married in 2010. Ten. There you go. Not, now, where was the wedding? Over there in Bolivia. Ah, okay. So, 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 but tell me about Bolivian weddings then. Are they, um, so you've got American weddings that are sort of like half a day, Australian weddings that are a day. I was in Ethiopia, their weddings go for a week. Yes, well, I have to say, we did a wedding from in in the city in Bolivia, you have kind of both cultures. You have the original or Aboriginal culture, if you Uh want to put it that way. Yeah, yeah. And then you have the city culture, and my family is from the city, if you want to put it that way. 
that way. So we just. So the city is the city culture more Western in exactly right, Jakarta. exactly right. So yes, in Bolivia, originally, if you are in a country and somebody's from the country, that's how we call them, or Aboriginal, they they marry the the wedding lasts three days usually. Three days. Yes, yep. but you, in our case, no, it was one day, pretty full day. <laughs> they should bring back the original one. It's like you put all that effort in, it's just all over in one day. But I anyway, know. You know what? Maybe. Afterwards, we thought twice about it because we after our wedding, you know, I was new yeah. to all this. Yeah. I, I knew what an Australian wedding looked like, and so I was trying to bring some of that in. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, it was just a surprise because the Spanish are more elaborate. Uh, you know, the Spanish influence in Bolivia, they are more elaborate in a lot of things. So they really they they dress to the nines. They uh, they go all out when they have their wedding. You know, yeah. there's, no, there's almost no spence spared. Whereas in Australia, you're just like oh, let's just you know, oh, we, oh, we, as long as we leave with each other at the end of the day, we're usually pretty happy. <laughs> yeah. That's always an important point. Yeah, yeah well, it is. <laughs> uh, yeah. But now the the indigenous uh, Bolivians, their culture. Yeah, they do multiple days, and there's so many gifts that are given. So even though some of them are fairly poor, yes. um, there's there's multiple opportunities to give gifts to these to the bride and groom. They pin money on them, yes. uh, and they bring like whole furniture, yeah. uh, the living room, the bed, the couch. All so those. Not too long after wow. our wedding, we went yeah. to a, a wedding of her cousin, yes. uh, and they were giving him. Uh, you know, I think he got three cupboards out of that. He got. Um, all sorts of furniture, fridges. I think he got two fridges, which I don't know what he's going to do with, yeah, really. Yeah, the bride was, from, she was in the, from an indigenous family, uh-huh. and he obviously from from all Western. So it was kind of a mix. It was actually interesting to see. And they, it's a big part of the reception where they just bring all these gifts in, and they all they do this little dance with each other. And yeah, it's, it's, quite a, it's quite a spectacle to see. Yeah. So much fun, so much fun. Yeah. Okay, so you guys are involved in a ministry over there um, called... Alternativa, Alternativa. Yes. There you go. I can speak Spanish today. Um, so, Alternativa, which is a health ministry, and uh, tell us about Alternativa. Well, um, my study, my field of study was in multimedia, but when we had kids, we we decided that uh, the best thing we could do was to grow the, uh, to raise them in the country where they can run around and and. Scrape. Oh, absolutely! Could not agree more. Yep, they can scrape their knees and and you yep. Know, yep. Build up, build, up up stuff. Build, build up their immune system. That's, that's right. right. That's right. <laughs> which is a really, which is a really important thing, I imagine, in a uh, in a in a country that's a developing country. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. No, it is. It is. It actually. And well, so my parents they start actually this ministry probably fifteen years ago. Oh, okay. So well, uh, uh, yes. Uh, five, uh, Many years ago, uh-huh. so um, so yeah, they all we, they started as a family, and the whole team always with us because I I'm the third in with my siblings. I have two more siblings. I'm the youngest one, and my parents want to first. Well, you know, they have the idea to the help us to uh, grow in a country environment with all the health life healthy lifestyle that sort of. So they 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 decide to open a house in the country. That's how everything started. It's the family. But so this is the, they're opening up the family home? Is exactly. That, yeah. Okay, so, it's so that old, like I can't have a country, fa- uh, country farm house, uh-huh. but in, in some point they want to move completely. We want to move from the city because we were living in the city. Okay. Well, okay, so you've got two properties. Yeah, that, stretched yes. between two places for a while. Then. Yes, yes. Well, because my parents, both of them in that time, well, when we start all this 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 journey actually it was twenty more than twenty years ago when they where they they had this call, this message about, you know, living in the country, back to the nature and all that. Mm-hmm. So and yeah, both especially of her parents were professionals working in the city at that time. So it was they they were weekend warriors 
preparing this place in the country for them to eventually move yes. to and live Yes, and in. both of them, they have the, uh, both uh, own business. Mm-hmm. My dad, he's an engineer, uh, electric uh, mechanic engineer. My mom, she was a fashion designer, so she has her own brand of clothes. And both business were growing pretty well, and they were doing pretty well in money. But, but yeah, my mom, both of them, they were like, okay, the kids are going to grow soon, and and we want to have this experience for them. So my mom, which is, she, she always found a love of, of health and the health message. She always loved it, and 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 we were raised ve- vegetarian at that time from mm-hmm. from right in the beginning. Are there many people in Bolivia who live plant based diet? No, not really. Okay. That's the thing. That the Latino culture, yeah, the culture is very meat mm-hmm. diet. So that's why for for many years my mom was like, "Oh, you're crazy! You know, your kids are not going to grow and things like that." <laughs> was, yeah, definitely, definitely, all the time. Like, oh, you should give them milk and them. You know how they're going to be so weak. But definitely was the whole contrast. My mom, was, she read a lot and she was so convinced that she was like, no, no way. No white sugar for us. No, no condition at all and things like that. So, and she always explained to us. She always was teaching us. So anyway, when they were in that in that situation, she made her cold. And in the best of her business, when she was going to have a, a opportunity to open her own house for um, her, her, um, her own line of clothing. Yeah, yeah. exactly. In New York. She she dropped it. She she thought, no, you know, this is more important. Yeah, there's more to life than money. Exactly, exactly right. God, she felt God was calling her somewhere different. Exactly. First with us as a family, their kids, and definitely in the health part, in the health system or service, sorry. So I just want to mention that uh, Flo's parents both have quite interesting uh, testimonies um, and how they have overcome disease themselves. Mm. So Flo's mother um, had tuberculosis and was miraculously cured from that. Um, and her doctor couldn't believe the results from that. Her father had an accident when he was uh, in university, was it? Yeah, first year university. So and he was—he had um, ep- epilepsy that was that was a result of scarring on his brain, and he had to have some expensive medications and uh, that they were bringing in from Germany. It got to a point where he couldn't afford them, and where they were starting to test. Um, they decided to put God at His words. You know, we can't afford this. This isn't sustainable, and let's try it natural living and he ended up throwing away half that bottle of expensive medicine and just throwing himself completely in God's hands which I don't recommend everybody doing um, but for him it worked out he hasn't had an well, athletic seizure since then yeah and obviously the, it wasn't just oh let's just trust in God it was actually putting yeah, in, in, in practical all that you have to know or, or you have to do as um as respecting the laws of health, a major lifestyle change. Exactly, exactly right. Yeah. So the, it he, wasn't just m- that; it was he a dropped whole change. Ca- caffeine. He dropped. Well, in that time, obviously, he couldn't, and and he was because when he had this accident, he was an Adventist. So he 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 was not allowed to drink and smoke. He, so he was a fairly healthy, you could say, but it's. When he met my mom, and when you know, when my mom was already in this health line, and and she talked to him, and and eventually, well, not because of my mom, but because of another circumstances, he became Adventist. Um, then they were talking about you know life and health and all that, and uh, and actually, well, after they get married, and and I was born, and then then they he had one epi- epilepsy. Um, 
situation and and my dad was like how can be you know i have to be a father and i have to be responsible for all of you guys and and so I, i'm not going to be able because he was not able to drive by himself alone things like that you know for recommendations but because epilepsy can happen any moment but anyway so my mom goes through a little bit of investigations and all that and and, and she figured out that you know dropping caffeine all the all the things that irritate the nervous systems and in white sugar in all the hiding ways and things like that and and a little bit more detoxing process too they they have to do and all that so she said to him well you know this is what we have this beautiful message god promised healing and if you want to obey him he probably is going to respond with health and he made his decision in that time and and when that happened i was three months old they said so after that, I am today 30 years old, and he had never had any any epilepsy uh, attack anymore. Crazy. And the doctor, yeah, and the doctor was very, he was very surprised. He was the best doctor in Bolivia and, and very, a good one, you know, neurologics. He was like, wow, but, you know. It, Amazing story. Okay, how old were you when they decided to move to the country? I was nearly 10. Yep. Yes. <laughs> Great. Yeah, so, well, anyway, so back to that part. And like like I said, my mom always be very passionate about it. She always been reading and studying about it. And and she been studying all the health message. And and she found out that God gave us a health message as a, with two specific purposes, which one is first help to uh, clean his God's people. And the second help people uh, uh, outside, you know, people in the world bring, bring um, yeah, a response of, with, of help to them and, 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 and help to the suffering. The world is suffering in many ways. So she, she, she discussed with my, with my dad, they studied together and they said, well, if we want to live in a country, because the, living in a country in Bolivia is very different to living here in Australia. You can be in the in, in country here, but you can still, you know, drive one hour so, or you can still have him work around. Yeah, you can commute. Exactly can commute. right. Yeah. But in, in the country in South America and especially 20 years ago it was very disconnect to you know to especially economically speaking so it was for them it was like well what are we going to do you know like we we don't obviously we were not farmers we cannot in that moment do um agriculture something like that and and un- until we know so they were starting again the health message and they found out about the, the god's project about having sanatoriums so mm-hmm. so they decided to open one in in our house because we have already in that for that time we have already the big house we have uh, already set up the place a little bit more so so they decided to con- to build the sanatorium there uh, okay so when they open it first in the house is this like a little bit like an airbnb with a health emphasis probably yes exactly but they they built first the all the the therapy room and two yes. extra rooms besides the house they because besides they are our house in that so time. So they started with hydrotherapy and education, basically, just yeah, as a first and diet. Step. How long ago? That's f- 14, pretty much, like 14, 16 years, years ago. ago. And what have you got there now? Oh, now we have um, we have a restaurant, which is, and we have the cooking um, school there. It's, a, it's, it's, it's the restaurant kitchen, but it's all set up and with like a gastronomic class pretty much this is one of the best one top in bolivia i have to say it we are very proud about it it's been a lot of work on it and my dad actually he built he built the whole kitchen and it with the best high um, standards of health 
because well he he in his job he used to work with with uh, he he used to build um, food factories so he was very into all the all the all the um, principles and, and and requirements for health and secure and, and so yeah so that's why he could build this and, and, and when you've got guests that, that actually come in and stay there, how long do they stay for? Well, we have different programs. They can come and stay even just one day if they want. We have programs for one day. But definitely um, we, and we have three, five, and ten days programs. And, and if they come, because they can come as a, as, as a student or as a patient, if you want to put it that way, um, to do detox and, and different treatments. Today we have one ozono uh, ozone therapy, it's ozone, therapy ozone, yes. ozone capsule Oz- ozone capsule is one, the only one in Bolivia and probably only one in South America too as a oz- ozone capsule yes it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's been a, a good good um, yeah uh, praise God yes it's been it's, it's been a good opportunity for us uh, and, and how many how many guests come through at a time well, it depends. It depends of the uh, sometimes. How many can you? How many can you cater for? Oh well, if we are in the health programs, we can have at least ten or fifteen. You've got accommodation for that many yes. people. Wow. Yes. Wow. As long as they don't mind um, being in the same room. Yes. Obviously, <laughs> okay. we we we, so we can have two or three patients to a yes, room. Yes, the rooms can be sure, sure. Yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. But usually, we like better little groups because it's a pro- it's a program that we like to do one by one. You have to. Uh, and all the programs, the food and everything is m- very individually. Um, very personalized to each individual. Exactly. In okay, so do you deal with like chronic diseases, you know, things like heart disease, diabetes, cancer, some of these things, yes. the big killers? You deal with those? Yes, we do. We do. Um, we do part. The detox is pretty much very general, but obviously, specifically of the of, of the patients, we 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 do a specific treatments. Probably they're gonna work better for for the for the pathology that they have. And and the food too, um, the the laws or the and the information is pretty. Uh, it's very easy and is very basic in the way that they can know and put it on practice. Because that's why we we want to. We are very clear about that. That they're not going to be and and be healthy in just. Ten days, like ten days is enough time to completely yeah, but you can, you a can, lifetime. No, of bad no, habits. no, no. But exactly. you, can, you can learn the principles in ten days. Exactly. That's, that's why our objective uh, is to teach people how they can take what we're doing and do it at home. Exactly. So Given all the to tools that they need to do, it. first the knowledge, because as, as mom says, and, and 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 that's what we believe. If you don't understand, if you don't have the right information, you're not going to be convinced. And if you don't have you don't have conviction, it's going to be hard for you to change and and stand and stand up even society when we know in, in general speaking, you know, it's, usually we don't have the health um, as a value today. But always is that oh, I like it and I do things because I like it and not good. Not no, not many people do things because it's good for them. Sure. Now we're just about out of time, unfortunately. But before we go, uh, one of the things I did want to just uh, toss out there that is probably worth thinking about: um, Do you get people that are coming from other countries because medical tourism um, yeah. has become a big thing these days? Obviously, Bolivia is a very popular country for Australians to travel to. You've yes. got uh, you've got amazing mountains. You're in the Andes. You've got Lake Titicaca. You've got you know. Other countries around the place that so are amazing salt flats as well. Yeah. Yes, 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 all yes. of that. It's, um, it's 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 a country that's on my bucket list, but I haven't made it to yet. I've been close, but I never made it to Bolivia. I'm really <laughs> bummed to, about that. To. Well, now you have a place to crash. Yes, absolutely. So, um, if uh, if somebody was to um, to uh, to 
you know, obviously you can go to one of these these kind of programs here in Australia. They're very expensive. Um, any idea what it would cost an Australian to go and do one of your programs over there? Well, I do know in American dollars. We, we okay. might yeah, yeah. manage American dollars. So it's for the 10 days, it's $1,000. So it's $100 American dollars per day. But that includes the that accommodation. That includes yeah, uh, all the food. What I said is, is personalized. You know, it's exactly what you need and, and your activities. We, we do that. And the food, usually two treatments of Zono in the morning and afternoon, besides the other treatments that we're going to do specifically to the person, the therapies, the classes. And the that's all included. One, all included. So yeah, that's see, a complete... So basically what you're looking at, you go to a health spa here in Australia, you know, and you start to um, to include all the food, all the meals, yes. the restaurant, the treatments. You're looking at $1,000 a day. Over there, it's $1,000 for 10 days. I know, yeah. So you pay for your holiday just, you know, just like that. Probably, you go for a holiday yeah, and... Probably and your flight ticket is going to be sp- more expensive than your 10 days. <laughs> oh, absolutely, absolutely. But... Um, but totally, totally it, worth it. Yeah, you could, you could do the whole program and still come out cheaper than doing it here in Australia. And so that, uh, yeah. to me, that's a great opportunity. If I if I ever want to do a 10-day, uh, you know, detox, I think I'm going to come to Bolivia and do it with you guys because um, it yeah. seems like a cheaper alternative. Guys, we're out of time. No Thank worries. you so much for joining us. If you Thank want to know more us. about uh, Alternativa, um, Alternativa yes, then just give us a call here on faithfm.com. Give us a call, 1-800-324-843, and we will get you in touch with these guys. What's your website? It is... Um, CentralAlternativa.com. Okay, we'll put that up on our social yes. media for and you. And you can find <laughs> us on Facebook too. We are, we are very active on Facebook because people in Bolivia, they do a lot of Facebook. So we can find us at CentralAlternativa too. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you to you.
listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Forgiveness. It's easier said than done. But there's a program called Forgive to Live, designed to help us all improve our lives and discover the healing power of forgiveness. So if you're keen to take that first step, head to forgivetolive.org.au. I love to tell the story. Twill be my theme in glory To tell the old, old story Of Jesus and His love Of Jesus and His love His love Jesus and His love. 